It insists upon itself, Lois. I saw Nope. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty solid. I, you know, what in hindsight, uh, it's like his least ambitious film. <laughs> kind of just a monster movie. Um, yeah. It's solid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what's cool about it? Um, I like that. So the big, t- the big twist. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. The movie's been out for like two weeks. <laughs> uh, so the the aliens are not aliens. There's just one alien. Yeah. And you know, it was kind of clever that like the flying saucer is the alien. I mm-hmm. don't know if I've ever seen anything like that before. No. Um, and. Yeah, so there's this alien and he just eats people. You know, because of Jordan Peele, I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be layered, but this one is really kind of more straightforward in its approach. I think there might be layers, but I'll have to rewatch it. There's like yes, but I would say it's less evident. Yeah, way less yeah, evident yeah. than like a Get Out or an Us, which yeah. were uh, you could almost say in your face about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Get Out was obvious, and then Us was so strange that if you don't read into it. it it's kind of just a really strange picture. Yeah. But this one, you can go more straightforward. Um, the stuff with Gordy and Gordy's home, that stuff was cool. Um, it was, that, was some, that was some of the most chilling, like, genuinely scary stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the alien design itself I really liked. Um, I guess Jordan Peele's been watching anime because I was reading that the design for the alien, after it becomes... After it ex- yeah. explodes, is like supposed to be like uh, an angel from Evangelion. Really? Yeah, that's what he said. And oh. and then also Kiki Palmer does an Akira uh, bike slide. She does. So yeah. I guess he's. So I guess he's been watching some anime lately because there's those <laughs> two things. Um, the characters in this are decent. Um, I totally agree with what you said. The cinematographer character that they had. What the fuck was going on with them? He's like kind of played for last, but not really, and then he's gone. Yes. Okay. Then you have <laughs> Angel, and he's just a guy. He's just a guy <laughs> who's there, and he's like there, I guess, because he's like really into the conspiracy theories. He really believes, mm-hmm. and, he, and the UAPs is what they call them now. Uh, he was all right. He also. Um, it, it felt like his character was supposed to die. I looked up later that. They, the actor begged them not to kill his character. <laughs> okay. So then he almost dies, and then he doesn't. Yes, that weird scene where he's, like, wrapped in barbed wire. And yeah. I wasn't sure if he was trying to wrap himself in the barbed wire to, like, keep that blue tarp on him, or if he was, like, just trying to get himself undone and he's doing a really I think he was trying job. to wrap himself because then he gets sucked up by the alien, and the alien... That's when the alien spazzes out, I yeah. think, and goes into its full form because it's like eating eating razor blades, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, that's probably it. I like the I like the two leads. I like Daniel Kaluuya in this. He plays a really understated, really quiet character, mm-hmm. but he does a lot of good look. He, he does a lot of good work without having much dialogue at all, just through his eyes, his facial expression stuff. Kiki Palmer's all right. She just you know she's just rambunctious black woman, but. She's solid too. One thing I like about Angel is that 
they they made him like very modern where he's a guy working at a shitty job everyone who's there like hates their job and then he goes home and he smokes weed and he has like a mining rig beside his pc <laughs> that, that was, and then they eat at ihop it's like it's so it's so human you know what i mean <laughs> after after they're traumatized with their experience they go to his place he's he's smoking weed and has the vr helmet on <laughs> looking at something i don't know yeah. yeah, he's really living that wagey life. His character was almost too depressing. Um, the it's it's pretty. It's just like a solid, like kind of monster movie. Um, in terms of poli- social political overtones, I guess there is some, but like I said, it's a lot less. Yeah, to the point where it's like it, it's not as integral as his other two films. Yes. Um, you know, um, yeah. Bags. How many bags? Yeah. You know what? Like initially, I was like maybe four, maybe like three. Yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like um, I, I think I put a heap too many expectations on, it, especially because I thought the mystery was going to be a bit more um, compelling than mm-hmm. it was. And you know, I mean, that's my fault. I mean, the alien, this twist with the alien is cool, and I really like the alien's design. Um, how like sometimes you'll see it ripple a little bit from its saucer shape and that's your indication that it's uh, a creature. I like the scene where the, all the people get sucked up. Yes, yeah, that was really good. And then it's it's like a... That, that kind of stuff reminded me... That kind of reminded me of like classic monster movie like uh, like a blob or something and mm-hmm. then they're getting digested and then they get killed. They just get like an x-ray of the inside because they, they... It sucks things up like typical ufo style but not with like a beam just with like just it, it just air. it's just like a thing like yeah. it's sucking them up like that and then you see on the inside it looks like they're getting like squished in a fun house and yeah. they're all screaming it's really really gross and but the gordy's home stuff that was like the that whole monkey scene that was for sure the scariest part of the movie especially when it gets really quiet and the chimp just like looks at the camera yes that was cool stuff mm. so, you know what it, and he it's like he has that and like it kind of plays into the themes of the movie which is just like like a big thing of the movie just like animals can't be trusted or like you can have an agreement with an animal but animals are animals yeah there's gonna be something that sets them off yeah and that plays and that ties in thematically nicely and as its own it's it's also just a good set piece but sometimes the movie did feel like a little bit unfocused to me mm-hmm. because especially had those two elements it also has these weird div- like division of acts named after the horses yeah uh, that felt unnecessary. I didn't really watching maybe a lot of Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, too. I don't know. Like he's got like a portion called Lucky and then yeah. Jean Jacket. Then Jean Jacket. I was okay. <laughs> if I watch it again, it'll be a little clearer. But that seemed superfluous. Well, the movie opens up with them saying that we know who shot this film, but do you know the the black man who's riding this horse? Yeah. And then the whole movie is about getting this shot of the alien. So it almost seems like they're saying, like, it doesn't matter the people in it, just who's making the film. Um, and then they have this animal thing. And I do agree, like, wh- how do these yeah, like, come how does together? It, it, it feels a little bit more disjointed. Yeah. Um, it, like, maybe he had a couple pieces of ideas that he brought together. And I mean, they gel well enough that it's still a solid overall picture. But when I think back at the movie, it's like I think of the movie almost in pieces like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a solid adventure. I would say, yeah, it's probably it's probably third place. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, so we watched Das Boot, the director's cut, which is uh, like three and a half hours long. It's a long movie. Yeah. Um, just guys on a submarine, war shitty. You know how it'd be. I'd say it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, it. I would. it's tremendous. I really like all of the little moments throughout the film to seeing them eat, seeing them interact, to seeing um, this progression of happy-go-lucky to at the end, you're like, damn. And that this progression, just as a viewer, when you're watching it, you're like, oh, shitty Nazis. And then at near, like, halfway, you're just totally invested. You're forgetting that they're even speaking German, that they're even Nazis. And then you just want to see them get out of this situation that they're in. Yeah, there's there's a lot of tension. A lot of it is just covering the monotony of having to wait and the way that kind of drives you mad. Um, I, I like they're always almost like every other shot in this movie. They're looking up to see the to see you know if there's like a death charge coming to blow them up or if the hull is gonna explode. And that's like and and that's like nice imagery because they're looking up. And I guess for them they're looking at the surface but Mm -hmm. you could also say they're looking up wondering you know in a grander sense you know what i mean yeah um it's it's pretty damn good it's a great ensemble cast performance everybody holds their own there's some standouts um like the captain is really good um i like the werner the war correspondent who's kind of like the if you've seen like private ryan he's kind of like the upham He's like the tag-along character that you're supposed to sort of identify with because he's new at this, and then he finds out what it's really like on the submarine. Yeah. Um, It shot really well. I looked it up, and apparently they just... That wasn't a real sub. They just really painstakingly recreated the set. Yeah, and it's a really, really nice set. It's really good. It's got a lot of great character moments. It shot well. Um, is it a tad long? And uh, maybe. Yeah. In it's three hours and thirty minutes, and this is a director's cut. You can cut out probably a little bit of the waiting time because at a point you understand like that there is tension and just having to do nothing, and that can maybe be summarized quicker. But like maybe like shave. I, this is like I shave like twenty minutes off, and it's like a pretty damn great film. Yeah, they were the at the point where they surface and go on that luxurious boat. Yeah, I thought that was the end of the movie because I thought that they had sort of done everything that they needed to do with the captain. Yeah, because he's, it's like it's, you know, it's kind of an action movie, but it really is like a character study. Yeah, uh, of the captain because at the beginning he's like, oh, let's party, and um, these officers should be pissing around and being drunkards, whatever, and then you see this old. Um, this old captain and he's just an alcoholic he looks like a zombie and they're like why is he like that you know mm-hmm. um and then throughout the movie you learn like oh that's why he is the way he is yes and the captain gets on there and he's kind of like he's just being a boy he's like uh show us the how great of war heroes you guys really are wink wink you know not taking it seriously and then there's this one character I f- forget his name but he's like he's he's living the Nazi life he's in uniform all movie he's very proper yeah. cutting off the little hairs off his ham um, and he's talking about just how great it is to be a Nazi and then like that kind of pisses the captain off and he's talking about like yeah, it's so great. Like, uh, you know, Winston, like Churchill's kind of kicking her ass, man. You ever think yeah. about that? Um, and then he's just like, man, this sucks. Man, this sucks throughout the whole movie. He knows that, like, the Nazi party is not going to win. And he just looks around him seeing, like, all the all these, like, 
kids being indoctrinated by propaganda. But then they they rise, and then they go back, and then you know, I I, I guess it was fine that. Um, they had that little portion afterwards because the death is pretty poignant at the end. But I, I, I do agree that it, it is a bit long. Like, there's a, two scenes that are pretty similar where it's just, oh, there's this guy, dive. And then, yeah, you get into a little bit of a cycle of repetition. And then, yeah. you know, that's it's, it's conveyed uh, well enough within the film that you, we didn't have to experience it another time. Yeah. I'm sure the theatrical cut which is only like two hours is like it's probably really really lean because i mean there's an hour and a half extra content supposedly but like you know it, it didn't feel i'll tell you this it felt uh, it didn't feel as long as stalker did <laughs> so and, that, and that's an extra hour on dos boot there so um, so the so the germans win over the russians this time yeah unlike world war <laughs> yes Facts. Facts. Uh, Mulholland Drive. Classic. Classic movie. Uh, I still think it's Lynch's best. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um. You know what? In the the thing that I got from the rewatch is I kind of started to see like where the pieces of the TV show were, because he was gonna make because the plan was to make this like a series, right? Mm-hmm. And then I guess nobody wanted to pick it up. Yeah. To just like fuck it, I'll make it a movie. I watching it. I there was a point where I was thinking like, um, this really could have because watching the film again, things happen not too quickly because the movie's like two and a half hours, but you have things happen that's tension and then box draw moment and then you have that last portion of the film. I could really see that being serialized, um, and it kind of delving deeper, um, into the idea of having like these two ladies confuse and you're not sure what's real and especially the stuff with the director i remember we talked about this the first time i think the director is uh david lynch like but to an extent <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's like david lynch doesn't think of himself as like a cowabunga dumbass but i think that's meant to be uh like just a conceited director but it's also meant to inter uh meant to show the studio interference yes it, it, sh- it should be telling that the cowboy who's like this probably like the scariest single figure in this is basically like a hollywood exec being like you're gonna do what i fucking tell you to do okay you're gonna make the dune movie like this yeah okay and if you don't then there's gonna be consequences to <laughs> there's you no act. movie so there's no hey, you're gonna see me two more times and you don't want to see me two more times okay buddy um so that stuff was good it was great again yeah yeah um the one part that definitely stands out is like this this could have been a tv show is the is it robert forrester once yeah he's just there he's he's credited on like the poster i'm pretty sure as like a lead uh, cast member and he's in it for literally one scene uh just at this at the beginning yeah when there's like the detectives there and then you never see those detectives again yeah see so that's like there you could totally see where there would have been storylines like yeah. the detectives the ladies the director would have had his own saga yep the winky guy the winky guy and all the little vignettes like the assassin who i guess is like really diane's boyfriend pimp pimp or whatever depending on your interpretation of it it really did seem clear this time and it's still ambiguous and like there's still enough ambiguity that you could 
say otherwise, but it really did seem clear this time that like um, Diane was recasting herself in a fantasy, and it feel and it felt more. It felt more linear or like more obvious the second time I watched yeah. it because there was so much contributing to that. Where it's like, yeah, I do see. I really do subscribe to the theory that she's just a a, a fail a fledgling actress who got in a relationship with this lady uh, who was bigger than her, and she went south, and she kills herself in the end. Yeah, I don't think there was really old people. Going nightmare, 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 nightmare. No, I think that was representative of her demons or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's really good. And that's still that's still just a great twist because like there's nothing in the movie to indicate that if like there's stuff to on the rewatch you're like oh okay yeah yeah that 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 that's like part of the fantasy. He recasts her like powerful lover as like somebody who needs to be rescued mm-hmm. and is timid and she takes care of her and stuff like that. So you can kind of see. Um, and like the part where she sees the director and she's like I have to go yeah like she always has like she always is like getting the part and then not wanting it at the same time yes yeah yeah. and you can see like okay yeah because it's a director cocked her yeah yeah. but yeah it's really good yes damn Uh, damn good movie do you want to talk about another damn good movie yeah alright so this week's movie was Stalker and I just I saw people talking about this movie a lot, like memes, like Art Hose like this movie. If this is yes. his vibe, run that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, well, we like movies like that, so let's yeah, watch it. This I, I like American Psycho. Yeah, it's fun for the whole family. <laughs> it's a laugh riot. And then I was reading the opening credits, and I was like. Andre Tarkovsky, that's familiar. And I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh no, he directed Solaris!" Oh no, 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 no! no. And this is basically Solaris two. So if you remember, yeah. uh, if go watch the uh, Solaris or listen to the Solaris review. But here's a rundown: in some place, in some time, in Chernobyl. Yeah, there's a zone that opens up, and. If you go there, all of your dreams will come true, but people don't come back, so they yeah. say. So they need a guy. There's a writer, a failed writer and a failed professor. They want to go there to become famous and wealthy, yada, yada, yada. And they have this guy help him. He's a guy called the Stalker, and they go into the zone, and that is the movie. Matt, what did you think about Stalker? All right, let's... Okay, listen. Yeah, look. Let's talk about the good stuff. Okay. Kay. We're going to be positive for a minute. Okay. Okay. Uh, movie looks really good. Okay. Yes. Um, there is a lot of great, uh, once again, every frame of painting type moments mm-hmm. where I'm sure people are putting this a collage. And that is a big, uh, that is a big appeal or like one of the major appeals of the direction for me is to be really patient through long scenes... Um, with lots of dialogue or none and no score um, but then if you, you almost feel redeemed when you just get these single compositions that you know he worked on yeah. you know um, like a shot of the writer where his face is shrouded and the light is coming around him in the tunnel or at the end when they get to the room which is where the wish granting happens and they just sit on the floor and then it starts to rain and it just holds on that for like a minute or two. There's some great just compositional elements in this. Okay. Yeah. And it's well directed throughout. Um, 
there's the beginning and the end of the film are are sepia tone yeah when they're in like the regular world yeah and then they go to the when they go to the when they actually enter the zone then it's like normal color yeah um what does that mean who's to say I don't know. I, I just chalked it up to the zone is so fantastical. It has like yeah. colors that this world doesn't have, or yeah. something like that. Um, okay. What else is good? Um, the characters. I um. Uh, let's okay. The characters I like. Okay, I like that they had the writer and the professor, and okay. I kind of get what they were doing. Because the writer and the, and you know, in the beginning, they're like, what's your name? And the guy's like, he's the writer. Yeah. So it's okay. Just think of him as the writer. Yeah. So to me, the writer was like, he represents creatives. Yes. Um, and, or, or if, you know, you could say it's still, he's the left brain. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a drinker, drunkard. <laughs> um, throughout, he'll just complain about like the commodification of his creativity how people just want to consume and devour his stuff. He seems cynical about it. And he's going to the room to get inspiration okay? mm-hmm. because he feels worn out. Then there's the professor. He's really logical and rational um, and mostly dignified. And to me, he's like the right brain. Or like he's like academia or something. Yeah. And basically, you know, he's, he, he actually has a lot less character than the writer just carrying a backpack around with him the whole time. You don't know what until later. Uh, but his thing is that he just wants to study if, out of scientific curiosity. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of get that dichotomy you have between the two. And then there's the stalker. He's just like a doomer character. Yes. And he's like, just do what I say. We're probably all going to die. He, just, <laughs> he, he, The film opens on him and his wife and his mutant child with no legs. And she says, don't go back to the zone, don't go. And he says, I, uh, I gotta, I gotta answer the call of duties. So he takes people in illegally to the zone. So I get what they were doing there. That was cool. Um, let's talk about uh, all the philosophy and stuff. Okay. Um, look, this is a lot like Solaris, where the characters do a lot of the musing for us which sometimes is annoying because uh, sometimes i like to think mm-hmm. and they're sometimes they're just telling you stuff okay yes. there's a, there's multiple instances where they're looking in the camera yeah. and telling you stuff and it's like it's a little much um but the movie is like ambiguous enough that it's not telling you it's just presenting a lot of ideas and it has a lot of motifs and it, and it presents this kind of desolate atmosphere and then it kind of just is itself but it doesn't really insist it doesn't insist upon itself in the sense that it doesn't really hammer home a specific theme or something no there's a lot you can you can um, speculate about what it says about human nature and desire and a lot of other kind of grand topics like that but it was similar to Solaris in that um you know, you come out of that thinking, and, and then you come out of that with you don't really know what the hell that was about. But I suppose on the rewatch or upon analysis, maybe some things would stick out more. The characters also do that thing, um, that self-conscious Russian thing, where sometimes they'll criticize themselves. Yeah, like a character will be philosophizing and they'll be like, "Shut up! I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm trying to sleep or something." 
I guess to show that it does have a little bit of self-awareness. Um, and like I said, the atmosphere in the movie is cool. This desolate wasteland. Um, they choose to have like no score. And that, you know, I mean, when you go to a radioactive wasteland, there is no orchestral music in the background. So that was realistic. True. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the extent. That's like the good stuff. Movie looks cool. It, yeah, it looks cool. I mean, is this a cult movie? Uh, yeah, probably. I feel like this is a cult movie because it looks good, and because it has just enough thinky stuff that it's not just um, visual pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem is the movie is boring as shit. Um, it's really, it's really long. Yeah. Not a lot happens. They're basically just walking through, um, like, the Russian wilderness and the abandoned train yards. Yes. And talking <laughs> about stuff. And they talk about a lot of stuff, but also somehow not nothing. <laughs> because they kind of just say things and then they move on. Well, the problem is that they talk about the same thing throughout, yeah. like, the whole movie. Like, at the beginning, they're just like, oh, I can't wait to get there, and I'm going to... The writer's like, I'm going to be so famous, women will throw themselves at me. Um, and then, I mean, by the end of the movie, they're like, I don't even want to go to the room anyways. <laughs> um, but they're they're just talking about the same idea throughout the whole 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 movie and they have no just like regular conversations all of their conversations are always serving the themes of the movie it's never like which are which are already ambiguous yeah yeah it's never like oh what's your favorite book mr otterman oh i like this oh well i'm i always kind of like this book it's just Oh, but if I do this, am I? What does this mean about me as a person? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like reading Dostoevsky. It's like maybe in a book this is okay. Yeah, and this is based on a book. Um, and I, as far as I know, Tarkovsky didn't do the screenplay, so I guess that's out of his hands. But yeah. um, basically, it's like the characters. It's too dialogue driven and too genuinely lifeless for it to really justify itself at this length as a motion picture to me um for one thing the actors in this why is every character in a tarkovsky movie a severe balding russian man i was uh, at some middle point. aged <laughs> they they really don't have much hope they don't have much charisma to be found why are they all like is that just how russian people are you know like respect i guess and if that is how they are, I can see why their movies are so goddamn miserable. <laughs> um, but we followed these three guys, and they had to put a hat on one of these guys cause, <laughs> so you can tell. And what's the fucking difference? Like, what's the characterization really? The difference is, like, the professor is a little more reserved. The writer is a little bit... More outspoken. Yeah. yeah. And then the stalker is just kind of depressive. But, like, they all are kind of the same they're all in working the same mood or tone uh and it becomes really monotonous when you see like kind of three variations of the same guy talking to each other maybe bro, that bro it's freudian it's freudian it's, Freud, it's the id the so, ego and the super yeah, ego so you can say it's freudian like that and then it's like it's it's just the division of man it's the left plane <laughs> the right circle brain. of violence 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But that shit is kind of boring. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, you know, I remember when we reviewed Solaris, um, we were looking up and Tarkovsky was like, um, I can't believe people love 2001. <laughs> How could people love this movie that's so juvenile and obvious? And I don't fucking get that because <laughs> these movies are like, they're like r- roundtable academic discussion, but where's uh, punctuated with cool shots? Where's the movie? Where's the movie? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I'm sorry, 2001 is way, way more artful than this or Solaris. Yes. Um, because it actually has cinematic ambition. Yeah. What about this couldn't be done in like a, a stage play? Exactly. Like, or a book. Nothing. Nothing. It really doesn't even need to be a movie. No. Um, I'm I'm actually baffled that this movie has this much acclaim. Right? Because it's like 100%. I think the, the critics' consensus will say uh, it's complex. It's really just more abstract. And then, you know, yeah, I guess you can fill in the blanks. The sci-fi setting is kind of cool, but it's really just like Solaris, or and even um, more so than Solaris. It's just win. It's just dressing, yeah. like it's just window dressing. Um, you spoiler. There's a there's a stinger where some actually cool sci-fi uh, Judge Dread shit happens, but then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Where his mutant daughter moves a glass with her mind. But then what is nothing? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean to to the plot of the film except reminding oh yeah, this is a sci-fi picture. Or maybe his exposure to the zone has created this evolutionary human who but okay. But okay. And then the movie ends. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's this guy porcupine they keep talking about. It's like this previous stalker. Yeah. Um Initially, I thought he was going to be uh, symbol. At first, I was like, okay, he's like a symbol for, I don't know. It's like, uh, what are, they're always just in his wake. They never get him. I don't know. Maybe he's like a god character or something. Yeah. Um, and his deal is he sent his brother into the room and his brother died. Then he went. And then he got out with lots of money but then he killed himself and then they figure out oh he killed himself because he wanted consciously to bring his brother back but his true inner desire was to be rich yes and then he couldn't live with that so then that kind of plays into the idea of human desire human nature we were what we what we consciously want and what like we subconsciously want and that's kind of Freudian the in the ego and all of that yeah um that's like okay you know think about that for a little <laughs> bit all right um I don't I don't know man I I think I think as the uh, internet cinephile say I got pleb filtered <laughs> by Tarkovsky yeah uh yeah did I fall asleep during this movie who's to say okay <laughs> It's just ah, it's it's too navel gazing. Yeah, it's too much. Like I can stomach this in a book, where they can really, like where they can really dig into this stuff and you can really reflect. And this is a really reflective movie. I know maybe maybe it's because we some of the movies we review on the show are way more sensationalist, but like it's just dull to me. 
Yeah, it could work as a book where their conversations then are inner monologues that they each have. Yeah. And then maybe they share their ideas amongst themselves and that creates some some sort of conversation. It would be better than them just like saying their thoughts out loud at one another and not really yeah, conversing. It, that to me is like that really kills me the screenplay is that like the there's no subtlety to the dialogue. No. Instead of like uh, inferring or like implying things through dialogue in a roundabout way that would actually make you think, they kind of just present everything bare. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like there's no there's no nuance in any of the dialogue. Like there's no reason for me to pay attention to this. It's it's not genuinely entertaining. There's no back and forth. They just speak at each other. and it's always just in the same mopey, pseudo philosophical. What does it mean? I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. Kind of way. <laughs> yes. And it's just it's so tedious. I can't, man. I was reading on on I'll call him Andre on Andre's Wikipedia page, and it said that you know he has this sort of dreamlike style to him. And I was watching this movie. I was like, I mean, kind of. Like the little. the zone is cool. And there's one set that I really like. They're in this room, and then there's just like waves of. Sand sand yeah or like these little little tiny mounds of sand and and they're all organized in a symmetrical crisscross sort of way that looked cool but like i think dreamlike i think like a david lynch movie where in mahon drive you have that room behind glass where you have um i don't what's his name uh the little person i don't know what his character's name name is and the the man behind the wall big big boss big boss like you have that sort of thing where it's like this glass room and then the light comes on and he disappears or like the red room in twin peaks that's very dreamlike to me a field with the broken down car it's it's not that dreamlike yeah and it's like I, i get yeah i guess because and because like they're ambiguous as to what made the zone is it a meteorite? Is it extraterrestrial? You don't know. And that can, to me, like, kind of lends the kind of parable nature of the thing where it's like this movie is almost a philosophical exercise rather than, like, just a plot that yeah. happens. Um, but you're right. It's like they'll have those sequences or, like, a nice shot where things seem wonky or, or sort of dreamlike, I suppose. But the movie gets grounded every five minutes by these three dudes just talking at each other. And I was going to say earlier, there are times in the movie where I couldn't tell which one was talking. Yeah, that too. And it's, you see, that's the problem when you have the same <laughs> yes. Russian guy in your movie. <laughs> Um, I, I got a little bit better towards the end, but like sometimes I really I was also looking at the lips to be like, hey, that guy's saying that, <laughs> that guy's saying that. Uh, okay, sometimes I wasn't sure because they turned around and I just kind of guessed. <laughs> they talk a lot, so you know if you miss a little something here and here, fuck it, you know. Um, there's a dog what does it mean I don't know it's a black dog following him see that's just like imagery where it's like put whatever you want on there you know that's (laughs) depression that's death (laughs) that's uh, our animal nature I don't know the the movie's like too nebulous it's too like open for me to really gel with it because I, I come out of this not really having any questions because it feels like the kind of film that is really, really asking you to have questions um, about the subject matter presented. But, I mean, the characters are answering it for me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I really don't know what I'm supposed to take away from this. I'm really curious to see if this is, like, a Russian mode of filmmaking or if it's just Tarkovsky's signature. 
because I can tell you any other r- Russian film I've seen. I can't say that this movie really stuck with me yeah. because like at a point it loses me, especially because I've already seen Solaris. And at least then I had that novelty of like, okay, hey, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, you know, I- I'm going to see it to its conclusion. At least that had some, some cool sci-fi plot. And at least even that had the emotional core of him, of his like weird clone replica wife. And then I had that pretty simple idea of just letting go. At least that was something to ground us. And this is just three guys walking around. I don't really care about any of them. Yeah, and also in Solaris, it's just a zone that you go to and weird things happen. And then they talk about it. And then you also have main guy. And then you have... There was like the doctor intellectual guy. And then there was like the more rambunctious drunk guy. Yeah, so that's like (laughs) the same dynamic in this. They're just taking it from space to like fucking chernobyl yeah it's cool they predicted chernobyl like seven eight years before it happened you know i guess Mm -hmm. i guess i guess you could say that stalker predicted chernobyl in the same way that the simpsons predicted donald trump um or other (laughs) major current events that's cool you know i guess it's prophetic um and then what and then what bags I like two out of five. I don't want to watch this movie again. Yeah, I was thinking, like, what should I give it? And I, I remember I gave Reefer Madness four out of ten, which <laughs> I still stand behind. And I would rather watch Reefer Madness again than but, watch this movie. But Reefer Madness is like a, th- it's like an hour, and this is yes. like three times that. <laughs> so three out of ten bags for this. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're going to lose our movie critic cred. I just... I'll maybe give Tarkovsky one more chance and then yeah. I'm going to wipe my hands. <laughs> Done. Because it just doesn't engage me, doesn't interest me, doesn't stimulate me in any way. I'm just going to be honest. It, uh, it is not even chal- It's not even like challenging cinema. No. Okay. It's, it's just too... It's too pensive. Maybe stop thinking a little bit. Make it like a plot. Have some something happen besides these guys. You can really summarize this movie. They go into the zone. They test for traps. They get to the room. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it. And then they leave. Oh, yeah. Also, the professor had a bomb. Yeah. The thing was they get to the room and then the professor is like, oh, well, I, I made this bomb with my colleagues. If the room gets into the wrong hands, it'll be bad for everybody. We're going to have like Hitler 2 or something. So he brings a bomb. He says, "I'm gonna blow it up," and I guess that could be like the rational, the rational man is, you know, this is would say that this is something too good. Yes. And then like the movie kind of ends on the note where the guy is like bemoaning um, faith or hope in humanity, because I guess the guy saw something so good and so beautiful and he just wanted to destroy it. Um. And the writer was just a bum, a drunk bum. I don't know. Then the wife talks at you, and at that point, I was like, "What the fuck?" Okay, like the the wife that you see at the beginning for five minutes starts preaching at the camera. I don't get this. I just don't get this. I can't do. I want characters. I don't want vehicles yes. for dialogue. Yeah. Or or ideas. It's just not no. It's yeah, too obvious for me. It's, get, this is really obvious filmmaking. I, no, I agree. Like, I think if people really want to read into it, I guess they're just going to read into, like, the small things, like the dog 
um like what does that sort of mean or like the um, the path that they traverse like oh they're going deeper into one's mind or something or um they're gonna like look for clues in the character's dialogue as to what like um i guess a screenwriter's interpretation of their um their thoughts are like what what is the ultimate message that sort of thing but um, other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Like, it's not abstract like a Lynch picture is. And, like, you can do introspective works. Like, we did, we watched Neon Genesis, and that's all about one psyche. And they do that in a way more interesting, rem- memorable way. Yeah, I mean, this would have been cooler with giant robots. But you're right, <laughs> actually. And the thing with this is, like, people... Okay, so it's considered one of the great films of all time. Okay, what is this doing for cinema? beyond taking like kind of Socratic dialogue that they would have like in Greek times where they just they talk at each other and this was semi and this was considered entertainment and then just putting it in film form in a sci-fi setting Uh, like how is this how is this is this really like a a touchstone for the medium because it really doesn't feel like it it feels very uh, very pedestrian to be honest yeah yeah. it just seems like a movie that uh uh, I actually, I'm not gonna say that. That's gonna sound like that's gonna be a dick sounding thing to say. I uh, say it anyway. Say it anyways. Yeah, it's just gonna be something that like guys put on to like impress girls and like, be like, "Did you get it?" Like and seriously, then just um, mansplain it to them. Because you know what, if and it is a red flag if you like this movie. <laughs> because what do you like about the movie that you can't just put in a three by three of cool shots <laughs> and, to, and then show to your day? Like, what do they need to see about this? Really? Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not good performance. No score. It's bare. Next week's movie. Um, let's do Fritz the Cat. Fritz the Cat. Yeah, let's do Fritz the Cat. I think that'll be more cooler because it's got a. It's a cartoon. Nice. And uh, I like those more better than Tarkovsky <laughs> films. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Say uh, say, do, uh, say something to the kids. Um. Remember, learning. Wait, no. It's uh, knowing. The uh, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, be it the pre-post, or just plain old-fashioned rags, send us a movie recommendation on our Instagram at C-O-T Podcast, C-O-T Podcast, and we'll review it on the show. Shake, shake, and may the road rise up to meet your wheels. Was that good enough? Is that the take? Not even close. Take 174, rolling three... Two, one.